Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bobblehead Podcast. We have a special episode today where Davin's really going to dive into budgeting. I know for a lot of you, that's not the most exciting thing in the world, like me. I don't enjoy budgeting. It's not my thing. However, he brings up five really good points on how to do it that I think you'll find very valuable. Um, So listen up. It's going to be good. And if you're not doing the type of budgeting and reacting to your budget throughout the year like Davin talks about, I really encourage you to take a look at that and uh, find that the measurement of budgeting and the accountability of budgeting is going to be really helpful. So, uh, hey, thanks for listening and let's go. Good morning, Davin. Hey, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. How was uh, how was your weekend? It was action-packed. 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 Started that can, on Thursday. That can mean one of two things. Action-packed good or action-packed bad. You know, I, I prefer my action-packed to have both. A little both. bit of good, a little bit of bad. That's a little, it's uh, what they call the hills and valleys. Yeah, there you go. It's part of life. I like that. But yeah, we went to, uh, I actually went to St. Louis on Thursday to celebrate Mike Kelly's 51st, well, celebrating his 50th birthday that he didn't have, and he's super salty about it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Having, having some trouble with the 5-0, huh? Yeah, his feelings were, no, his feelings were hurt because he didn't get, have a chance to do a, a birthday party during during COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So celebrated, I guess, a couple of years worth of his birthday. Okay. And uh, flew up, had a really good time. <laughs> that's that's never good when you yeah. celebrate multiple years in one Man, weekend. Man, it's really not. We had a really good time Thursday and then did a surprise party for him on Friday, and then- uh Flew back and then hosted about 40 people for a 11U baseball team Christmas party. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think you said uh, you may have cooked for that, right? Yeah, I did. Did, uh, did a brisk- and, and for those that aren't, that, that aren't familiar with Davin's um, cooking capability, he's, he's quite, the, uh, quite the chef and doesn't mind trying new things. So what, what did you serve up for the uh, baseball community? Um, brisket. You know, he just feeds a lot of people. So did cook yeah. the brisket overnight. Um, started it at actually, cause we got back from St. Louis a little bit late. So started it at seven, took it off the smoker and wrapped it at two, uh, two thirty, Yeah. And then slept till seven and then woke up and, and did ribs, um, chopped brisket, sliced brisket, um, sausage, and then some sides. It was so, good. so what's your, uh, what's your secret for once you take the brisket off, what do you do with it? Um, I, okay. So I actually, I keep, uh, Wagyu beef tallow. You can buy it from Amazon. Um, and it's basically just rendered fat, right? It looks mm-hmm. like Crisco. And what I do when I put the brisket on, I put it in a tin. And when I you s- put it on, on the, on the smoker. smoker. Okay. Yeah. And I actually smoke the beef tallow with it. Okay. And then once I put it on the butcher paper, um, I pour that beef tallow over the top of it mm-hmm. and then wrap it after that. And it gives it a, it adds a little bit more moisture to it, mm-hmm. but gives it kind of unique depth of flavor, adding in that, like that additional, the additional fat level, especially when it's smoked. Um, kind of enhances the flavor of the brisket. So you wrap it in uh, cellophane or um, in butcher paper. Yeah, or... butcher paper. Okay. Yeah. You, you ever use that peach? Yeah, that's what I use. Use that. Yeah. Yeah. That, the peach, that works well. Yeah. I like it because enough moisture escapes to where it doesn't turn the brisket too like pot roasty if you right. do it in tin foil. Right. Um, and it lets enough of it escape to where inevitably. And then when then what I do my secret is after that and you know, some of the traditional pit masters. Uh, will probably string me up by my toes for this, but then I put it in the oven once it's wrapped. I don't put it back on the pit, yeah, because it doesn't know yeah, where the heat source comes from. It right, care. And, and it's already smoked everything you need to smoke. Right, it. and it was you like got- twenty seven degrees outside, so I, I didn't want to burn more post oak and continue to go outside to add more post oak. So it went in the oven at two twenty five. Okay, and then I slept for four hours, five That's four and a half hours. Perfect. Yeah, it's all perfect. you need. I'll sleep, but I'm dead. 
Good. It's barbecue talk with uh, Tim and Davin. Welcome to the <laughs> Bobblehead podcast. Oh, uh, we're, we're better at beef, yeah. barbecue than we are at business. Oh, there's our tagline <laughs> that, right there. See, <laughs> I knew we were going somewhere yeah. with that. Good. Oh man. Well, speaking of that, let's let's talk a little bit more about um, what's been going on here at Access for the last few weeks, and and that's really de- dealing with uh, year end planning. And I think in the uh, very first podcast, we talk about we talked a lot about looking backwards in mm-hmm. review and how we did that. And then uh, in the second one, I think we talked a lot about um, really looking forward and you know seeing what's coming and, and starting to plan for that. And then uh, and then three was really talking to a group of folks uh, here at Access. In fact, it was uh, I believe it was Mike and David really about um, how does rear year in review for them and, and being, we talked about gaps and gains and, and looking back for those two guys. So it's about what, what 21 looked like. So, you know, it's one we were, we talked about it and then it was kind of fun to interview those guys mm-hmm. and, and actually hear it in action and hearing some of their feedback from uh, this last year and what they learned and mindsets and that sort of thing. So here we are with, uh, I guess this would be number four in this series. And that's really talking about budgeting which is something that's very important to me, but something I'm absolutely terrible at. Well, and in fairness, just a riveting, just a riveting topic. Oh, it is. Golly. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're going to try to make this fun and uh, interesting and uh, I guess succinct. Is that the right word? Yeah, I guess. I think, to that, the point? I think that fits. Yeah. Yeah. So um, why don't we kick it off and you, you talk a little bit about what we do and how we do it here at Access and and uh, how that plays into your in planning. Well, and having Mike and Wells on here, that was Wells' first time on the podcast, and you guys get to hear that episode. And the fact that Wells was succinct was a kind of a feat in and of itself. Maybe a win for me. Oh, I'll tell you what. Maybe a win. And, you know, we were a bit concerned going into it because Wells can talk the horns off a goat. I mean, that, that's just – Mike is the Wax same way. eloquent. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and he – super sharp guy. And so we were like, look, you know, take what you want to say and say about single-digit percentage of that. Yeah, and, he, and he did gonna, good. Yeah, he, he did really well. And, and again, like – excited to have him on the podcast in the future because he's a smart, sharp human. So it was yeah, cool to have him on. He really is. And uh, both those guys are. And, and, and I think that David is actually going through uh, some of the personal um, reflection stuff mm-hmm. that Mike did two years ago. And so it, it's kind of fun to see him. And, and those of you that know David um, can kind of hear him on the podcast and hear that in his voice and hear that in his thoughts but uh, for sure, he's uh, he's a different guy than he was even a year ago. So, right, good, good for him for uh, thinking about his thinking. Absolutely, and so a big part of why the reflection is important is because it it sets up the future of the business as well, right? Not just past, but the present and the future as well. And you know, budgets are it's our source of truth as right. we go into the year, um, and it and, and it kind of serves as our baseline and is is our. I guess financial checks and balances at the end of every month. You know, it's what we ultimately the P and L, and and the uh, the balance sheet for me specifically, um, are, are are what we analyze our performance against. It's the ultimate measurement for us. It, it really and is for every company. But you know, it's you measure lots of things, but you measure other things in order to measure to see if what the end result will be, which is how do we do according to budget? How do we do profit and loss? That's really what we're here for, right? And, you know, there's a lot of, it's kind of crazy to think, Tim, there's a lot of businesses, you know, zero to 10 million that don't really do a budget. You know, they just kind of, just kind of go. Really? And yeah. And, and 
there, I've, I saw this a lot historically, you know, on the consulting side of things is that um, cash in the, in the bank equaled we're making money as a company. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast and this company about the concept of gap and gain. And you have to have that kind of foundational document in order to measure yourself against. And that's ultimately a budget. It is, it is the source of truth. Um, and it doesn't tell everything, but it tells 80%, 90% of the story. Right. Um, and I think we do set, just setting the stage for this. We do a good job of engaging our departmental leaders. I think that's the other side that we see with a lot of businesses that do budget is it's done by the CFO or the CFO and the COO. It's done at too high of a level and they don't engage the stakeholders that are a little bit closer to the ground level. They may understand some of those fixed and variable costs that are specific to departments. And they're just like, Hey, here's your budget. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is it's nobody's, nobody buys in, nobody gets engaged in the process. If you just get handed a budget. Right. Right. Um, so for us, and, and again, a big part of why we look back is because it feeds into step number one of assembling a budget and that's estimating your revenues. Okay. Um, I, I think, it's important to look not just at the previous year. Um, and the last 12 is obviously, it's the most recent source of truth that you have and gives insights into some of what's going on in the marketplace. But I think you need to look at about two or three years worth of historical trends in order for you to be able to set what you believe your revenues are gonna be for that coming year. Right. Um, and normally that, that's a conversation with with you and I at this point. We're like, hey, so here's, here's what we made last year. Here's what made the year before that. Um, discuss the variables a little bit. And it's like, you know, it's kind of a, do we want to keep it the same as it was last year or do we want to uptick it by five to 10%, right? Right. And um, you know, some of that is just based on your wisdom that goes past two or three years too, right? Right. And, and a lot of that is looking at um, current pipeline, you know, in, in our mm -hmm. business, uh, the pipeline is a long process. It's not a monthly thing. It's a, it's year or years. Uh, and so looking at the pipeline gives us a really good feel for what's coming. Um, looking at the marketplace. And that's one of the things that, I know that in talking with Mike, that was big was, you know, our, our hospitals have been somewhat locked down and we couldn't go visit them and uh, be, you know, Mike talked about this in our meeting, but being one-on-one in front of people is still very important. And when you can't do that, it definitely affects sales. And uh, so really trying to plan out what, what's going to happen this year. Are they going to let us come see them? Are we going to still do everything remote, which we did a really good job with this last year. And you and I've had this discussion. Does it really matter? But, you know, t there's a there's a lot of variables that go into that. And part of that is, is just some of it's gut based on trends, based on uh, financial trends, sales trends uh, and what's coming. You know, we have a new product going to be released next year. And how does that affect things is that positive or negative? So there's a lot of that goes into it. And depending on the business that you have, you have to understand the different revenue streams as well. You know, if you're a company that sells widgets, then it's just maybe it's direct sales or maybe it's direct and channel. But for us, you know, we have to dive into probably four or five different revenue streams right. and be able to look historically, but then also project a little bit too and be like, okay, so, you know, do we think our Meditech as a service business is going to uptick and historically based on trends, here's what I guesstimate it to be, right? right? Best case scenario. And then obviously roll all that stuff up together and we come up with, with a number. And, you know, my advice to, people that are setting it is, is set something that's realistic. It has to be grounded again in historicals um, with a little, but also a little bit forward leaning because it's detrimental to your business to either overestimate or to underestimate. Um, because as you're going through the, the different months of the year, and if you look back, there's not a whole lot more discouraging 
than seeing you know forty percent revenue compared to compared to LA, yeah, compared to where, right. where you thought you were going to be budget wise, right? right? And, and I, you know, my thought has always been, I would rather undershoot what I think it might be than over. Um, you can always adjust up, but it's um, sometimes by the time you adjust down, it's been a quarter, mm-hmm. and that can, you know, if you haven't adjusted your expenses in line with what the revenues are, you can get in trouble really quick, even in a quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just as detrimental to Tim is, is setting it too low, setting your projected revenue too low. Mm-hmm. Um, because people see, you know, 130%. And again, this is, you made a good point, the, the need to adjust your budget. And Beth and I do that a couple of times throughout the year, depending on, depending on, you know, financial performance or a project that may come in that we, that we weren't projecting throughout the year. But, you know, people will tend to kind of put things in neutral if they see that they're doing better than projected, right? You know, especially on the sales side. You know, if they know that we're coming towards the like this year, and this year's looking huge compared we compared to where we expected the budget to be, they're going to inevitably sandbag some stuff into the next year, right? Right, because obviously things kind of reset January first, and now you know their income, their revenue is a for their for their family unit is dependent on what's coming in too. So, just a couple of quick notes on why setting something that, that's that's based in truth and historicals is pretty important when it comes to revenue. Right. Um, and then number two is I have understand the projects, understand what you have going on for the upcoming year that you didn't before, because that's going to feed into, into the subsequent steps. And, you know, you and I worked on that. I think this time last year we sat down and we're like, Hey, we have some legal projects. We wanted to do some stuff with the business overall. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost more. Right. Right. And be able to have those conversations about some of that stuff that falls maybe outside of the purview of the executive team. That's more of that C-suite conversation that we have. And so you need to understand what those projects are going to be. So you can start to bake in the costs surrounding them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and some of those projects are truly just expenses mm-hmm. and some of them are expenses in order to build revenue. Right. And you know, that it, it's one of the, one of the things we used to do and I've gotten better about this is, you know, we, we build up the expense for, for instance, a product development, but, once the product comes out, you assume that boom, it's going to hit and we're going to be 30% more, but it, it takes a while for between marketing and getting the word out and getting the pipeline full, you know, the stuff we're building now, maybe a year and a half, two years before we see mm-hmm. the fruits of it. And so understanding that on the budgeting side is super important to being realistic about what's going to happen. You yeah. know, there's, there's the wishes and wants and you got to keep those out of the budget. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to view it as a sunk cost. You do. And it's stuff that's going to take a couple of years to begin to see the ROI. Yeah. Right. And if you do it right, then you can start to account for that and start to recoup it. And then it pays dividends later on. But you, you have to, to your point, don't be myopic about that. Right. Don't be so short-sighted. Including, you know, if you're just now starting on a project for here we are at the end of 2021, let's say that you've got a big project in 2022, you know, thinking through, do we do this or not? Um, you know, one of the things you have to decide is, you know, is it, is it worth it to get, you know, we're going to gain revenue from it, but is it going to be so far out that it's going to be difficult for us to make ends meet until that happens? Sure. So part of that in in, in deciding to move forward with the project is how long is the ROI on it going to take? Right. And if you know that and can project against it, then you can minimize expenses in other areas to account for for the uptick in that outlay. Right. 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 Um, And, you know, some of that stuff, it's important to note too, it happens outside of the the purview of the other departments because it it it, it affects the administration only, right? right? It doesn't affect direct sales. It doesn't affect direct marketing. And so, you know, we we try to do things in full transparency here at Access. But 
some of that stuff, it doesn't need to fall to them because it's not in their purview. And, right. and again, when you think of the stuff that we did with the entities this last year, it hundred percent fell to the administration it had nothing right. to do with any other department because right. it was overall strategic business stuff. Yeah. Um, and so number two, I, I think is, is big because it feeds into number three and that's the, the analysis of your costs. Right. And within that there's, there's fixed and there's variable costs. Right. Um, and this is where we heavily engage the departmental leaders is on the projection and analysis of their cost, especially relative to, to people. Right. Um, and what we do is we have uh, Beth create departmental worksheets that has um, 2021 year to date, 2021 projected overall. And then we base off of that, we build in whatever the merit increases are gonna be and that comes up with you know, the asks or the requests for the departmental leaders in terms of their people, in terms of salary, in terms of burden, in terms of you know whatever maybe variable compensation that they wanna give them. And that ends up in an iterative conversation between them and me, right? They're like, Hey, I want to give my, you know, my manager a $20,000 a year raise. Okay. Why? And then we have a conversation about it. It's either approved or it's disapproved and it creates an overall number. And then below, we also account for, you know, like things like life cycling of technology, you know, is is that, is that fully depreciated and we're going to life cycle it out? Um, are they asking for more for contract labor? You know, they can really dive into understanding number two, the projected, you know, the projects that they're going to have respective to their department they can begin to adjust their expenses accordingly to account for it throughout yep. the year. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's number three, fixed and variable costs, do a deep dive into that kind of stuff. And, and this is where, again, engaging the departmental leaders, I think for us historically over the last three years has had a, a pretty big impact. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, making that decision about resources really comes down to, you know, even what I think the next episode we're going to talk about the very end results of creating OKRs. So looking back at 2021's OKRs and saying, did we meet those? Are these people on track? That helps us determine, you know, differences of, you know, pay increases or wage increases or whatever the situation is. You know, a lot of the review from last year, which we did in the meeting last last week, is looked at every single person in the organization and, um, and, and talked through that, you know, are they hitting OKRs or are we where they want to be or where we want them to be? And that determines a lot on the budget too. And I love the engagement side of it too, because inevitably people are going to ask for more. And unless you keep them engaged in the budgetary process and they can understand that the cost in and how it impacts them as an executive, right. People just tend to want more resources sure because we, we default, we have more problems. Let's throw more bodies at those problems and they're going to be better, but that never works out well for us. Right. <laughs> yeah. So keeping them engaged is huge, um, fixed and variable costs. And then that feeds into number four, which negotiate the cost with suppliers. You know, we've all got costs of goods sold. Um, we've all got vendors that we use, especially us on the technology side. We use right. a ton of vendors and, you know, a really good example of that is with Scott and the, the, um, Gosh, what's the name? What, what is, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, it's where we, it's the the product. I hate to mention the product, but it's, it's where we actually do um, interface and download to servers at our customers. So it, it allows us to be online with their servers uh, real time in a very secure way. So I'll, I won't mention the product, but yeah, that's, probably that's, that's what it does. Yeah, because I don't think we're going to be getting a sponsorship from them in, uh, in 2022. No. Um, but it allows us to be ever mindful of those costs to analyze what do we have going on? 
How many people are we going to have? And that affects licenses, that affects seats, that affects, um, you know, overall costs into this stuff. And at the end of the year, it's like I do with my cell phone. Like I call at and at the end of every year. Like, you know what? I'm going to cancel. Yeah. Then, right. I'm going to go to Verizon. Right. And then they're like, wait, wait a minute. We'd love to keep you around. How about if we give you 50 bucks off a month for the next 12 months? Hey, don't mind if I do. Right? Yeah. And we do that thing at the business level. And, you know, for the listeners on here that are leaders, whether they're operations leaders or, or owners is that needs to happen every single year. Right. Um, you know, if you've had the same Amexes for a long time, cancel those Amexes and reissue them. Right. Because you'll be surprised at how many reoccurring expenses that you have coming across those Amexes that are just superfluous that right. you don't need. Agree. And so things like that, th that constant renegotiation at the end of the year with vendors is going to add up to a lot of times something that's going to be six figures for, for not even a, a large company. Right. Um, but it's vital to the construct of your overall budget. Agree. And then number five is bringing it all together. Um, and this is where, where Beth comes into play and she pulls all the budgets together. And then what we do with that number is, is we know what our overall revenue number is. And then we, we, we get those analysis worksheets of here's how much revenue we need to bring in per month. Here's what our, here's what our break even is per month to hit the, the desired gross margin. Um, here's, you know, and, and we use that again as our source of truth throughout the year. But a quick caveat to that is don't be afraid to pivot. I would say every single quarter, if you're, if you're, you know, whether it's you're the owner, the operations leader is get with admin, get with your accounting team, analyze where things sit currently. And if you're way off the mark on expenses, if you're way off the mark on revenue, either low or high, do not be afraid to adjust your budget. If I don't just be afraid, but be afraid if you don't. Right. Because you can, you can wind up in a really big hole really quick that takes a long time to get out of if you don't pivot when those things are different. Right, because you, your source of truth and your left and right limits are so far off that you're, you don't even have those guardrails in place anymore without realizing the guardrails aren't in place anymore. And you know, I think a prime example that everybody can recall is COVID. You, know, you and I sat down and, and we, we had to adjust some of those numbers because we knew that hospitals, you know, elective surgeries were, were done. And some of those operational dollars or those capital dollars were being diverted towards, you know, PPE and things like that. And so it, we, we adjusted some of those numbers and made it truthful. We made it realistic and we made it obtainable. And because of that, it, it allowed us to keep kind of plowing forward. And we actually ended up having a pretty good year as a result of it. Yeah, that's, I, I agree. Totally agree. If you would just to, just to kind of conclude, talk, bring up those five things, just list those five things again. I think it's really important for everyone to hear. Sure. So estimate your revenues. Um, and dive into your each individual revenue stream. Um, look at your historics, and then you're going to be able to come up with some sort of realistic projection. And then dive into your projects that you want to do. And, and oftentimes this is done as as a result of that either reflection from the from the previous year or the current year actually, and then some of the strategic planning that you've already done. Um, and that's going to feed into number three and allow you to be able to better project and analyze your fixed and variable costs. Um, this is the part where it's extremely important to engage your departmental leaders get their feedback, get their buy-in, um, see what it is that they're going to need in terms of resources throughout the year. And then number four is negotiate those costs with suppliers, you know, whether it's vendors upstream or whether it's vendors downstream, whether it's, you know, cost of goods sold, try to renegotiate those every year. It's going to keep, it's going to keep some of those costs low and then roll it all up. And then that's going to give you something that you can begin to gauge your performance off of on a month to month basis financially. That's good. You know, none of that stuff is my strength. And so thank you for doing that. And, uh, you know, it's so important to, to be able to measure every month, every quarter, every year to how we're doing. So thanks for, 
thanks for uh, leading and leaning into that. It's not the most exciting thing in the world, but it's important that we do it. And uh, I'm glad I've got you to do that. Thank you. Yeah. And look, our listeners come from a wide array of businesses, a, a wide array of sectors. And this was exactly what we wanted it to be. And it was an overview on the importance of and the assembly of a budget. You know, if you're in the tech industry, it's going to be different than if you're selling cars. Right. And everywhere in between. Right. And so I would love to know feedback from the listeners is how do you guys do it? Yes. Right? What are some tips and tricks that you guys have learned throughout the years that have made you better at budgeting that have then made your your company either you know more effective or more efficient? Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to hear some of that. Um, if nothing else, give us some ideas of what we can do different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. We're we're ever learning in this whole process. No doubt. Davin, I appreciate your uh, your intelligence in the budgeting aspect of our business. So thank you. My intelligence. I like that. That has a ring to it. Thanks, Tim. Sure. We'll mark that one down is uh, on this day of our Lord. On this I day mentioned of our Lord. that you had intelligence. <laughs> Absolutely. And hey, for our listeners, uh, go to our podcast um, website. I think it's on Instagram, Bobblehead Media. Uh, Bobblehead, Bobblehead podcast. podcast. Yeah. And, and, uh, we, and you can also uh, reach us direct email. Hello at bobbleheadpodcast.com. And we will respond within minutes. 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 Yeah. Didn't say one minute. Nope. It'll be minutes. Yeah. Minutes is plural. So good yeah. stuff, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Until next time. All right, talk soon. Bye.